you being in the house of the Lord. I know my father spoke last Wednesday on, on uh, Revelation, and it's Wednesday, it's us, and we are <coughs> sort of um, here and, and probably the majority of individuals that are here tonight are uh, <coughs> folks that are rooted and grounded in um, uh, the doctrine, rooted and grounded in Christ, rooted and grounded in living for God, rooted and grounded in, and you can fill in the blank, in trying to serve God and to live for God. And I know, um, <coughs> you know, you could uh, think in terms of you know, uh, the, what goes down below the surface and uh, rooted in the word. And <clears throat> the word, the seed is a word. And that, that tree reminds me of a bonsai tree. And um, for those of you who are interested on Amazon, you can order a bonsai tree kit. And uh, for only 20 bucks and... It has uh, three different kinds of seeds in it and about four or five seeds of each kind. You don't get a little bowl to plant them in, but um, they'll tell you that when you plant them and they germinate, that you, uh, I, I read on them, that you, can, um, you don't get to cut them and work on them until they're at least three years old. And uh, you don't get to put them outside in the sunshine for the first three to five years, and that by the time they get to be about 50 years old, then you can feel like now they are truly a bonsai tree. So, for those of you who are interested in getting one, you better get going quick. <laughs> And they'd grow anywhere from 100 to 200 years and a little tree. And uh, so, you know, most of us folks don't have the patience or the time. Bonsai tree is a generational thing that goes from one to another. Of course, David opened Psalms by familiar passage of Scripture and he says, Psalms of first chapter, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And, and I could preach all tonight on these progressive steps. I've done that in years past, that typically what happens is you start associating with uh, ungodly, and then you start listening to ungodly people and getting their advice. And you can do that on Facebook or Instagram or you name it and ask somebody, well, what do you think I should do? And what do you think I should? And before long, uh, you will then be standing in the way of sinners. It's kind of a progressive. If you walk with the ungodly and talk to the ungodly, counsel with the ungodly, that becomes your source of help and counsel and wisdom. Uh, <clears throat> before long, you're going to be standing in the way of sinners. It progressively slows you down. 
and uh, gets you kind of in, uh, you know, it takes, it saps your strength, saps your progress with God, and then finally you are sitting in the council of the scornful. And what does that mean? To be sitting uh, in the seat, rather, of the scornful. Before long, you can pick apart anything. You can, you can pick apart every church. You can pick apart everybody that goes to church. You can find fault with everybody and everything. I, I'm no means imperfect, and you won't even have to sit very long to figure out where I'm imperfect. But the point is, before long, when you progressively go in a way that you are saying, I am not going to be involved or rooted and grounded in the word before long you are walking you are standing and then you are sitting and yet what he said was <clears throat> but blessed is this man that doesn't do those things but his delight his delight is in the law of the Lord he is excited to hear about the word excited and I know it's Wednesday night and you all are here and excited to be in the house of the Lord. And he said, in his law doth he meditate or think or, or contemplate and ruminate day and night. And I know sometimes people don't understand when you have a the, the desire to read the word and hear the word and listen to the word, be in the house of the Lord. Sometimes it's, it's hard for folks to understand, but when you are like that, you will be a, like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit. Everybody say fruit. In due season, and his leaf shall not wither. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. But he says, the ungodly are not so. They are like the chaff which the wind drives away. In other words, they have no root. They are, chaff is that husk, the flaky part of the round where the, the fruit has fallen and the wind blows them to the ends of the earth. They're never rooted. They're never plugged in. It, there's, you know, <clears throat> they go from one thing to another. Now, this was not the only place, and, and there are too many for me to read all of the verses about being rooted. Uh, Luke, the 13th chapter, remember when Jesus saw the fig tree and it didn't have fruit, and then what did he tell him? He said, dig around the roots and fertilize it, dung it, and then uh, recheck in about a year, and if it doesn't uh, produce, then cut it down. Why? Because something's wrong with the roots. Uh, we know that Matthew, the uh, 13th chapter, Mark, the 4th chapter, Luke, the 8th chapter, you all have studied those parables. You know those parables uh, where the sower went forth to sow. How many remember that? 
and he's throwing seed, and he throws some on, on, on soil that is hard, that has been packed it, uh, down, packed down and been tread upon. He throws some on rocky soil. He throws some in the weeds. He throws some in uh, good soil. And he's just scattering the seed. And, and the Bible says the seed is <coughs> the uh, type of the word of God. And so here are these three types of soil. And yet, before um, the time of Jesus, before the parables of the Lord, before any of that, David was probably the most um, developed, probably the most intimate relationship with God that we have in the Old Testament. He, you could argue Moses saw the uh, hinder part of God, that he had a, uh, a relationship with God, others God spoke to, but David had a whole, his, his relationship with God was at a whole different level. It, it, amazingly, uh, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> he instituted worship, that was unheard of before David instituted it. He talked about singing, playing the tambourine, and dancing, and shouting, and before the Holy Ghost. Now, I know we do that around here under good Sunday night service or Sunday morning service, and we're singing and clapping our hands, and I know that probably at times freaks people out that have never seen it and they, they're okay with doing it at a bar or doing it at a dance, but uh, can't imagine that you would do it in the house of the Lord. And I, I realize that. But David instituted that before the Holy Ghost, before it was outpoured in a, a sense of, you know, he was the one that was out there dancing and worshiping. And, and his book, the, he wrote more chapters in his book than others, and it's a song book. It's a, a song book of his writing of songs and <clears throat> hundreds of verses. I, I looked at Psalms, the 40th chapter. It's uh, one of my favorites uh, where he says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me, heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. That's what I want to always read. He put a song in my Soul today, song of praise, hallelujah. I sing that. I've, I've sung that for years. I've sung it when the Holy Ghost was moving. But can you imagine, David, no one had ever said those things. And David wrote about him. Notice the 40th chapter. He established my goings, put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. Notice that trust. Blessed is the man that makes the Lord his trust and respects not the proud, nor such turn aside to lies. 
Many, O Lord, God, my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done and thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. And then he had a powerful verse that we like to quote, sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Now this was at a time when that's all that was required. All that was required was just bring your lamb, give it to the guy, lay your hand on it, say, hey, sorry, I sinned. Leave. You didn't have to have an intimate relationship with God. You didn't have to have a close relationship with God. Priests did the rest. They went. They took the blood. They washed in the labor. They went into the holy place. Once a year, they went into the holy of holies. I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to do any of it. Just, you know, log online, give my $5, praise the Lord. Give them my lamb. Give them my goat. <laughs> Whatever. And David instituted this. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to sing. I'm going to dance. <clears throat> and then said, Lord, I know you didn't. You're not. That's not what it's all about. Then he said, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is written in my heart. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. For as such as love salvation, say continually, the Lord be magnified. Woo. David said that. Let everybody say, great is the Lord. The Lord is awesome. in a time when basically all you had to do was bring a lamb. David said, it's got to get into my heart. It's got to get into my very being. That's why they, the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. He said, but I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks on me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying over my God. Oh, my God. And I understand. We can talk about the soil of the souls, packed hard, wayside soil, walked on. People get walked on. People get hurt. People get done wrong. People have situations that have happened, and they're, they didn't put up boundaries. They've not been plowed into. They, they, they've got every reason not to let the word impact them. Oh, you don't know what's happened. I, it threw me off. I, you don't know how I've been treated. My soul soil is hard. I don't, I don't respond, magnify the Lord. I don't let it pour out of my heart. I don't let the praises roll. I just, well, that's not who I am. 
I've, I've been walked on. Okay, I got it. Maybe you haven't been walked on. Maybe you're stony or rocky or shallow soil. Bible talked about that. We re we, I referred to it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You've been offended. Somebody's thrown rocks at you. There's not a lot of deep soil. <clears throat> shallow. Sun comes out. No roots. The Bible uses that phrase. They have no root in themselves. Remember? When the sun comes out and things get a little hot and things get a little, wind blows a little bit. And yet, what's amazing is, you know, weeds and wildflowers and stuff can grow in just a little old place. But you usually don't get tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers grow it in those places. Nothing that's going to really produce fruit. Well, you can get some weeds that'll grow. I've traveled in the Rocky Mountains and you, you look on boulders and there's just a, a little bit of dust that's collected and here's a weed growing. Huh? And you wonder, man, but that's not where you grow corn. Sorry, they're shallow. <clears throat> then there's the thorny, weedy soil. You remember, we, we could spend a long time talking about that lesson because it's good. It needs to be repeated. And the Bible talks about the cares of life, the pleasures of sin for a season, the deceitfulness of riches or money, circumstances that choke the word. Remember that? And oh, you know, weeds are out there. And if you've ever tried to plant a garden, I try every year and I think this is the year that I'm going to be able to hoe it and keep the weeds out. And then something happens. Daughter gets married, go to Australia. <laughs> Youth camps, whatever. And you let it go a week? I don't care if you planted plants that have been growing for three weeks or a month. In one week, those frazzling weeds can choke it out. Anybody know what? And here, you know, you say, well, pastor, I, I, I've got weeds. I've got cares of life. I've got to work a job. And, you know, I want to have a little fun and I, I need to make some money. None of that is sin, sinful, wrong. But if you're not careful, it can choke out the word of God in your life. That's why you have to... Okay, I got to work on making sure I have time for God, making sure I have time for the house of God, making sure I have time to read the Word. 
talking to Brother Todd Brown today, and he said, I, I've really been diligent about waking up in the morning before I get out of bed and just talking to the Lord a minute. And I said, you got to do that. So, well, I, 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 you know, the alarm goes off and I, I got to go. I got to work, man. I got to get to work. I got to get a shower. Set it five minutes early and just lay there and say, Lord, direct me. Help me. Why? Because so vital. And then yet there's those three types of soil. And then the Bible goes on to say there was some soil that produced 30, some 60, some hundredfold. So even if you're in good soil and you're working on the weeds and you're trying to not be shallow, you're trying to not let the offense, there's still, how do I get a depth about me to produce hundredfold? How do I get a, a soil so that I can be rooted? Now, I, I know that <clears throat> I, I told you we're kind of talking about David's life and what David, how rooted David was because he, he was an amazing man after God's own heart. And I'm not expecting everybody to be King David, but, but what an example for us that he became the one that established the eternal kingdom of David and that Jesus was going to come out of. And when you read about David's life, David was anointed king in the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel. And you remember the story? All of you are here on Wednesday night and you know these Bible stories. You remember? 15th chapter, Saul finally disobeys. He was told to do something. He refused. Disobeys God. Samuel goes and he tells, you know, Samuel, oh, you know, help me, Samuel, whatever. He runs to grab Samuel and tears his garment and Samuel says, the kingdom's going to be rent from you. And so the Lord directs him to go down to the house of Jesse. And he says, one of his boys is going to be king. And you remember the story? Call the brothers in. And this one, no. This one, no. This one, no. This one, no. Last one? No. Hmm. Lord told me, let me, let me try this again. This one? No. Well, this one, Lord? No. This one, Lord? No. This one, Lord? No. And Samuel's, I got to make sure of this. Are you sure, Lord? And the voice of the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, I don't judge the way you judge. I don't look at the outside. I judge the heart. Okay, this one, Lord? No, this one, this one, this one. Finally, he turns to Jesse and he says, Jesse, um, Got any more boys? 
Now, that's kind of presumptuous. <laughs> He's tried and he couldn't anoint. You know, it's like, you got any sons that you don't talk about? And finally they go, oh yeah, there's one little kid. He's out. And the, the Hebrew word they use, I think is N-A-A-R or something. Uh, one, a youth that's out in the fields now watching the sheep. Now what that meant was he was anywhere from about eight years old to maybe 13, 12, 13, because when you finally <clears throat> went through the right to become a man, you were no longer referred to as that, a child. So he was younger than the bar mitzvah. So here's a little eight-year-old, nine-year-old, ten-year-old, somewhere in there, and I'm looking at my granddaughters, eight, nine, ten. And they bring David in, and the Lord says, anoint this kid. He pours the oil on this little David. And yet, that happened in 1 Samuel 16. David does not actually become officially anointed as king for another 12. He was 30. For another 17, 18, 20, 22 years. He's 30 years old when he finally becomes king in 2 Samuel, the fifth chapter. So for 17 to 23 years, God is working on developing trust and faith and commitment in David. A little child. And I know. Sunday school is not that important. Huh? Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Well, they're just little kids. They don't know much. God was developing. And, and, and so the rest of 1 Samuel, while it talks some about Saul's deeds, it's also a running example of how God was developing the soil in David's life. One of the first things that had already been happening You remember? Was, whoo, you're king. Hallelujah. Let's all rejoice and dance. Go out and guard the sheep. Say what? But I just got anointed king. My brothers ought to have a great deal of respect for me. My father ought to give me a wonderful job sitting at home learning how to be kingly. God sent him back out to guard sheep. 
by himself. Go ahead, next slide. Why? Because he needed to develop within David a secret place of worship and intimacy with Almighty God. David hadn't been writing songs at, before that. Now he is out there by himself, anointed, and wondering, God, where are you? And then he would feel the presence of God. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. And he would write a story. He would write a song. And for years, he starts writing, starts praying, learning how to communicate, learning how to get in touch with God. Nighttime, not sitting around the fireplace at home, not having the family help him. He's out guarding the sheep. And, ah, uh, you remember? Bear, a lion. He's practicing with his slingshot. We don't know exactly how old, 14, 15, 16, but it's about 17 or 18 years of age. Now he's fully a young man that the next thing the Lord starts developing in David and that is now I want you to be of service to all the rest of the family. But I was anointed king. I don't need to be doing that. They need to be serving me. Son, I got some bread and cheese. You need to walk down to where your brothers are fighting. Huh? They should have been bringing me bread and cheese. I'm the king. What do you mean I need to be serving them? You remember the story? Walks. However far, goes in, <clears throat> happens to be there when a big tall guy by the name of Goliath starts yelling, send me your champion. Remember? Now he's 17, 18, four or five years, six years past, 10 years maybe. If he was eight, now it's been 10 years being a shepherd now. He's 18. And it's like, I can't take it. I can't take that he is defying the God because you don't understand. I've been talking to that God for 10 years. He and I have been singing and songs and out in the wilderness and guarding the sheep. Okay? I'm sorry, that, that just gets under my skin. Well, David, you, you can't go. You're too young. Now, you, you remember the story. Saul tries to put his armor on him and David walks down and what does he say? Now with this complete trust 
not in what he sees, but a trust in God that goes beyond what he sees. He's developed now a faith in God that, you know what? You might be big and you might be awesome, but I serve a God who is the captain of the host of the armies of Israel. And you're not fighting me. You're fighting my God. And you've come at me with a shield and a spear, but I've come to you in the name of the Lord, of the host, of the armies. Boy, he had developed some roots. Saul had tried to stop him, and he said, Man, Saul, I've, I've fought a lion. I've fought a bear. This guy's nothing. Remember? And all of this came because he was bringing bread and cheese. A cheeseburger. No burger. Without the burger. Serving his brothers. And that's when Saul took him in and he started playing and serving Saul and serving in the palace. And then, of course, you know, he was falsely accused. Saul would get mad. He would, girls would chant, you know, Saul's killed thousands, David's tens of thousands. And he would take a spear after him. Finally, David, it reached a point, <clears throat> probably 22, 23, four or five years, 24 years old. <clears throat> Finally, the pressure built in the palace so much between Jonathan who loved him and Saul who hated him and, and all of this was finally erupted and David left. Now he's 24, 25, 26 years of age and he's running for his life. Now the Lord is developing another kind of soil in David. And that is a soil of a love and appreciation for the people of God, for the community of believers. Why? Because one day, 400 guys show up. Now what's David going to do? Saying, look, I can barely feed myself. I can't handle y'all. I don't have time to, for this. No, the Bible says he started allowing all the riffraff and the back, huh? And then the final test that David had been developing the right kind of soil was the Bible says, uses the phrase, God put Saul in David's path and let him fall asleep. Once was in a cave. Now how are you going to handle it, David? Are you going to serve everybody? Or are you going to get revenge? Are you going to get vengeance? Are you going to get them back? Or are you going to, is God still bigger is your service to God bigger than you getting revenge, David? 
You remember? Y'all are all here. You know the stories. This Wednesday night crowd. What, what happened? And his buddies, what were they saying? David, don't do it. What were his buddies saying? Look, it's a miracle. God put him in your path and let him fall asleep. Kill him. Kill him. He has tried to kill you. In fact, that's why he's here looking to kill you. You're 25, 26, 27, 28. Kill him. David says, I can't do it. Why? Because I trust God. And I trust God that if God wants me to be king, he has a way to get rid of Saul. Well, this is it. This is the way. God has made the way. Nope. Not going to be by my hand. Well, this is what, this was God's will. Nope. He knew this is not the voice of God. He was able to pick up on what was God saying versus what was everybody else. Because why? Because this started with him singing as a shepherd and having God talk to him. And so he knew the voice of God. He knew the feeling when it was God and when it was somebody who was a little bit off. Huh? He could tell the difference. He knew, uh-uh, wait, wait, wait. I know you're talking. I know you mean well. I know you like me. I know you're my friend. I know you'd die for me. But I'm sorry, you're not speaking God to me right now. I'm sorry. Huh? You say, oh, pastor, all my friends... You, you see, when I reach a point when if I cannot worship him, if I can't serve others with humility, I mean, David could have said, look, I'm not going there and playing for that king. I'm supposed to be the next king. He needs to be scooting over and giving me my due. Huh? Huh? I don't need this. I don't need this. Does he not know? I've been anointed by Samuel. But he was willing to serve others. He was willing to do what he could. And then when he connected with all of those that came, when Saul ended up in the cave of Adullam, what are you saying? If I don't have enough soil, the roots are unable to sustain the growth of the word that God wants to grow in me so that I can bear fruit. Well, what is the fruit? Next slide, that I should be bearing. What is the fruit? Wisdom, character, faith, endurance, strength, fruit of the Spirit, influencing, witnessing, helping others. You can try to grow fruit with no roots and ultimately 
Guess what? It's not possible. You've got to have a root system. And so when an individual is not willing to allow the Lord to develop character, the fruit of the Spirit, so forth in them, get in there, mess up the soil of their soul, then ultimately, you know, how do I develop it? Well, I'm supposed to be a new creature in Christ. It's supposed to be this Christ in me character. All right? And the first thing you have to do is clear the ground. This is the, not my message. This was John the Baptist, remember? Matthew, the third chapter. You can read it, first 11 verses. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Bring forth meat, fruit, fruit, meat for repentance, fruit of repentance. And think not to say unto yourself, we have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you, God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now is the axe laid to the root. You have to let the Lord, that's why, why, why am I constantly repenting? Because I am got weeds all in me. Huh? You say, oh, pastor, I, I feel like I should be able to repent once and then I just, I accept the Lord and that's all and I don't have to, I, I ought to be able to plant that garden one time and I get those weeds out once and they're gone. Well, wherever you've got a garden growing, come show me how to do that. Because it doesn't work that way in 2023. Huh? There's, you want to call it a hoe? You want to call it an ax? I've been out there too many times trying to get the weeds out. What are you saying? It's laid to the root. Every tree which doesn't bring forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but one's coming after me who's greater, mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I love to quote Philippians, the fourth chapter in the 13th verse. Everybody here ought to be able to quote it. You know it. I can do all things through Christ. That makes me shout. I see signs. I see memes. People send memes. I can do all things through Christ. Whoo, hallelujah. But you know what? You need to read that whole fourth chapter. Because if you started reading about the whole fourth chapter, he talks about disciplining his emotions to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Praise the Lord. Worship the Lord. Magnify the Lord. He says, when you, want a, when you want something with all prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known. That's all in the fourth chapter. He said, I've got to keep my mind disciplined. I can only think about things that are pure and that are lovely and that are have any virtue. There's any good report, any praise, huh? 
You've got to have all of that. Then the 11th and 12th verse, same chapter, say, not that I speak in respect of what, for I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. In other words, there's been some soil that's been... I've had to dig down into that and praise when I didn't feel like praising. And when the bad report came in, I said, you know what? I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to think about how good God's been. What are you doing? I want to hit verse 13. I can do all things. <laughs> I've been praying with thanksgiving. Most of my prayers have been with wine. Huh? When I start going through it, you know, wine and cheese. <laughs> oh, Lord, why? How come? Huh? Paul said, that's not how. He was in jail writing this. That's not how to pray. You pray with thanksgiving. You pray with a praise in your heart. You pray with a worship on your lips. You pray with thanksgiving. Whoa, wait a minute. I want to be able to do all things through Christ. Well, you're going to have to have some root system in place. Here's what he said. Not that I, I, it's not that I have learned to be content. I know how to be abased and abound. I know how to be full and how to be hungry, how to abound and how to suffer need. That's, that's pretty intense. The problem for most of us, and I know my time, I, we're getting near seven. I, I got, I won't be able to finish it all. It's all right. I'll do it Sunday night. The problem is that we're like Simon Peter and John whenever the Lord tells one of them, you know, if you, you're going to be crucified upside down, basically. Somebody's going to carry you to where you don't want to go. The, the first thing that I respond to is I wish I had someone else's process. I don't want to have soil produced in me that same way. I don't want to have to go to the cave of Abdullah. Huh? I like being anointed at eight, but I don't want to go through the next 22 years. I want to have somebody else's process or I, I resist the lessons that God's trying to teach me or I'm ready to rush the process. I'm going to get a bonsai tree next week. Huh? I'm going to force it to grow. Huh. Guess what? You, I don't care how much fertilizer you put in that soil. It doesn't grow any faster. In fact, you'll kill it if you over-fertilize it. I want to skip these steps. I don't want to wait 20 years before I get to be in 2 Samuel. This is why Nehemiah, whenever they were rebuilding the wall, you remember what Nehemiah told him? He said, everybody go right outside the front of your house and work on that spot right there. I don't want to work. I want to work somewhere else. I, I, listen, I would make a great missionary. I 
I've asked the Lord why he didn't call me to, you know, South Florida where the weather was fine all year long. Why he didn't do, you know, huh? Lord, why didn't you? I don't want to do what I, what is in front of my hand to do. That's why Ecclesiastes said, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do it, do it with all your might. Whatever you do, whether you eat, you drink, do it all for what? The glory of God, giving none offense. Not the Jews, not the Gentiles, not the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things and seeking not my own profit, but the profit of many. You see this picture and I'm going to stop there. Because what I would like is for the Lord to grow my roots in a very orderly fashion. A, when I conquer that, B, when I conquer that, C, anybody? When I get out through that, D. Now, I've, all right, I've passed this test, so I don't need it anymore. And you know what? That's not how roots grow. All of a sudden, this little thing happens over here and then goes over here and then back over there and then it grows back over there. I didn't want, I, I whipped that one already. I don't want another root there. Huh? I don't understand why. Okay, I, boom, boom, it's done. Boom, that one's done. But that's not how the root system works. But guess what? The Lord is doing this so that I will be able to produce fruit in this hour. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, give me strength. Oh, God, give me grace. Oh, God, I know at times I feel like I don't like this test. I don't want this root right here. I would rather go from A to B to C to D. Tick off the box. Check it. I don't want to have to go back over. But am I going to be rooted in this hour? What does that mean? Being able to trust God, being able to know God is still great, great, no matter what. I'm going to hear and know the voice of God. I'm going to know when God's talking and when somebody else. Why? So that I can produce fruit. Because you know what the Lord said? I read it to you already. Any tree that doesn't produce fruit, guess what? Cut it down. Throw it in the fire. Oh, Lord, help me. I want to I be rooted in this hour. I want to be rooted in the doctrine. I want to be rooted in the grace of God. I want to be rooted in... huh? You say, well, it doesn't really matter. It matters. Let's stand. Hallelujah. In fact, why don't we come? Let's just, I know, it's a lot to process. 
to, but to be like Jesus. I think that's what you're playing, isn't it? How, how many want to be like him? That means I'm going to have to put down some roots into his character, into his word. I'm going to have to know who I'm associating with to be like him. Hallelujah. Let's sing it, Brother Shane.